everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Ryan Cashmitter. I'm Ethan Hartman. And we're back for another episode. Today we're going to be talking about um, the legacy of World War One and the effect that it has on us and America today. So, I want to start with some questions. Uh, Ethan, I have a question for you. Uh, what were some of the specific issues slash conditions facing the United States prior to entering World War One? Okay, so, before entering the war, the U.S. faced one of its biggest reforms in history, which was, um, which was like a huge um, growth in like primarily the idea of like connecting business policies with the government. You can see that throughout there. And then there's also a lot of other ideologies that were occurring like imperialism. So, and like entering the war, they were kind of like lowering their, their state of it. Yeah. And then, of course, there were all, of course, there were a lot of problems that um, that a lot of progressives were looking to fix. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, describe how the United States got involved with the war prior to officially declaring war. And um, I heard there were some like misconceptions about some of the stuff. So go ahead and talk about that. Okay. So U.S. involvement in the war is a bit complicated, but I that it was occurring as soon as the war started because of how many people immigrate to the U.S. to live from, like, all over the world. And so there were people who were biased toward one country or another because of that. But ultimately, the U.S. got got involved with, the, with Britain, France, because... Um, pretty much, in my opinion, the lack of information that was being sent in what was being filtered. So, like, the British Navy would block almost all communications to the Americas from, from Germany and stuff. And that acted as a filter. And then this set up the U.S. to fight with um, Great Britain and France. All right. Um... So, what were the biggest and most radical changes to American society that occurred uh, during World War One? Um, so, some big changes, and in my opinion, the biggest change was the creation of a drafting conscription in the U.S., which basically forced um, forced people to enter the army if they got if they got like their number pulled, mm-hmm. for example, and they were forced to sign up for a certain age. And you can even see it today. And my other example is the the various policies and wartime laws that were passed during this time that prohibited free speech during the war. Alright. And as a result many got discriminated. Yeah. Alright, um so Wilson's fourteen points. Uh, what were the significance of those statements, and which ones did the U.S. Uh, follow? 
So I argue that they were designed to end the First World War. And these are very important statements that are vital to understanding America's motives and goals for the war as it outlines some various things like how the U.S. wanted um, diplomatic transparency, open seas and trade, and removal of economic barriers, and then freedom and sovereignty for all nations participating in the war. All right. Um, so the Treaty of Versailles, Versailles what did each of the following uh, countries get as a result? Okay, so this document, the primary thing that it said was that Germany had to disarm and pay in war reparations, which ended up being very, an extreme amount. And now for each country that signed it, France from this treaty wanted security from future wars as they were not separated by sea like England and the U.S., and Britain wanted to create like a more equal power balance in Europe. The U.S. wanted to employ its 14 points. And then Russia was excluded because they signed some other treaties. And finally, Italy. Um, Italy was kind of split between what they wanted because there were two main voices in Italy. But they ultimately signed it. All right. Um, on to the other interview. Basically, just give me the same questions. Okay. So I, I'll just ask you the same questions, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so I guess what, in your opinion, were some of the biggest issues and conditions before World War One in the U.S.? Uh, I say that... Before entering the war, the U.S. Um, the U.S. was dependent on Britain, France economically when it came to like supplying them with resources for the war, and also there was some like um, there's like an imbalance in America when it came to like who wanted who to win the war because there was many immigrants that came over from European countries. And they definitely sided with their home country. And that sparked fights and uh, arguments between all the citizens, which ultimately led to the U.S. declaring neutrality to keep the peace in America. And that ultimately led to a war. Okay, so that kind of explains what the second question was for you, which was the... Um, which was their involvement before the war, in the war, and then to discuss some major misconceptions. If you think you missed anything, feel free to explain. Otherwise, I'll move on. Um, one thing was about the Lusitania that was a British passenger ship that got sunk um, by the Germans. And many people right off the bat think like, oh, Germany's the blame, like Germany's horrible for doing that. But one thing was that Lusitania was actually carrying massive amounts of ammunition and weapons and the u.s told them not to sail in german waters but they did it anyway so in all honesty it's kind of britain's fault for doing that but ultimately the blame was shifted towards germany okay and 
third question, what were the biggest and most radical changes to American society that occurred during the war? One big one was that women got a bigger role in society. They started getting more jobs and they started getting more respect from men because they started to see that they were more than just housewives and they could actually be independent and work. Um, another one was that black people also gained more respect because of their because of their triumphs in the war and how prominent they were in the war and how they led to the Allies' success. And another big one was um, how the freedom of speech got restricted and that kind of gave a little bit of a uh, kind of dis distaste towards the government from citizens because they were promised liberty and freedom, but and they ended up getting their biggest freedom restricted by the government. Okay, and final question before we wrap up the segment. Um, what were Wilson's 14 points and what was the significance of these statements? And then finally, which did the U.S. ultimately follow? Um, Wilson's 14 points were basically his outline as to how to end the war. And a lot of them were followed because a lot of them benefited America and um, the Allies because they just made it easier for trade and sailing and things like that. And it just made it overall better for everyone. And the last question would be like define the Treaty of um, Versailles. Yeah, Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. And then what did each country get from it? Uh, basically, the big thing first is that Germany and Russia were not uh, represented in the treaty because of one Russia signed the treaty treaties beforehand and Germany, obviously, because they were the enemy in the war. And basically, France gained a lot of territories and became more secure from wars because they're landlocked. Um, and then Italy and England also both gained territories. And the U.S. pushed Wilson's 14 points. And they also got... Um, what was it? They also... Wilson also got his League of Nations... Um, provisioned and became a thing. So that brings us to our second section, which is to be the academic discussion. Um, so I'm going to ask a question and we'll just both go back and forth talking about it. Uh, the first question would be, why do you think World War One does not get the same cultural recognition recognition that World War Two gets in the United States? Okay, I guess I'll start with this one. So, my argument is that the cause for the Second War was way more clear and pronounced to people in the U.S. because there was a much more clear motive for war, which was that um, that Germany was committing mass genocide and breaking a lot of, like, I think, humanitarian laws. Yeah, I agree with that. Another big thing was that when World War II was as a recent, more recent, and another big thing was that, like, 
what we consider one of the most evil people in the world took place or lived during World War II. And one of the biggest genocides in world history was also, that also took place in World War II. Um, so that brings us to our second question. Of all the changes and impacts of World War II, what were the longest lasting and most significant? Um, so I'd say that one of the most significant changes was that the ending of World War I gave entry to World War II because basically what happened was that because of the treaty, um, the Germany got weakened so much that they were very open to like a new power or new like political people. That's when Hitler stepped in and basically just rose Germany up to like be an empire. And basically that's what sparked World War II. Okay. Um, so I said that my example of a lasting impact on America specifically was the creation of the drafting conscription because it still exists today. Yeah. All right. Um, so that brings us to question three. Discuss the biggest changes to average American life and their impacts to, way, to the way people interact with the government and with each other. So for this one, I said that I said that one of the biggest changes was that the draft happened and that caused a lot of people to lose their sons and brothers and kind of made people angry at the government because they were stripped of their family and kind of gave a distrust between the citizens and the government. Okay, that's something that I put. I also put that some bigger things were um, the results of the propaganda and limited information and the Espionage Act and the mobilization to war. Those were all pretty rough in the U.S. with discrimination against German-Americans specifically. And the Espionage Act, people fought against it because they said it was violating free speech. Yeah. Um, so the last question that we have, or yeah, last question we have is, Pick two important changes to the United States from this era and connect them to 2021 in your life today. How are you personally impacted by these changes? So for mine, I said women gaining more respect definitely impacts people's lives because women play such a dominant role in today's society. There'd be less there'd be less teachers and their jobs that pertain to kids and younger generations. So I think that society would be less developed without them. And the second one I said was that the U.S. became a powerful country and one of the most powerful country, which can definitely spark new like opportunities and freedoms for people like me and many other people that live in the U.S. and gave us just a whole different world to live in than most people. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a very important thing that came out of the war. I said that the draft and conscription laws mm -hmm. they they're still here today revised though and it affects pretty much everyone in the u.s yeah okay so that brings us to the end of our podcast thank you for joining in uh some sites that I used were just history.com and the PowerPoints that we were shown in class. Um, what about you, Ethan? I 
I took most of my information from Wikipedia as a source. And, of course, the information that we got from class. And, yeah. like, the U.S. history crash course and stuff. All right. Um, okay, so that's been it. Uh, I'm Ryan Cashmitter. And I'm Ethan Harbin. And thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.